and 98.3 FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM in Spartanburg, South Carolina on a gorgeous Saturday morning. Boy, pretty, it is nice out looks there. Looks pretty clean out there with the, all the rain we had yesterday. And uh, since you've already jumped in there, Ronnie, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm fine. And uh, Alan, how you doing? Doing good, Perry. How you doing this uh, morning? Doing great. Good morning, Greg. Well, it's glad to be here. It is a beautiful day. It's a good day for racing and stuff, but we keep having these pop-up showers. I just hope they don't have anywhere to racing. Well, it's uh, there's a lot of it today, and if if I didn't already know about enough racing, that was brought to my attention out in the lobby just now that CBS starts their series tonight at 8 o'clock with the, uh, um, at Stafford Springs, uh, Connecticut, which is the Ray Evernham um, Tony Stewart series? I don't I don't know exactly what to call these cars other than race cars. They kind of look like stock cars, but uh, um, it's uh, that's at eight o'clock and ought to be pretty interesting. I don't have a list of the drivers here. Maybe you can look that up at some point and tell us, Ronnie. But it's uh, I know I think Helio was going to be one of them, and Willie T. Ribs and uh, Scott Bloomquist. Yeah, I think he might be up at Eldora. And they got big stuff going on up there, right? Yep. Got a big dirt show going on up there. They uh, canceled out last year at Eldora, and they running twin main events uh, this week. Started on uh, Wednesday night and going to finish up tonight. Well, we got so much racing going on, and it is, uh, you know, we're really into the summer, although it's not officially summer yet for another week or so. But it's, uh, I, I think the Indy cars are qualifying at 11 this morning. I won't go over the TV lineup yet, but, uh, uh, and, and we got one of the Indy car twin races today. We've got, uh, Xfinity, I think about four o'clock at Texas. We got the trucks about one o'clock at Texas. Um, what else? We got what I just mentioned and we got the WeatherTech sports cars at five. So, I mean, it's, it's about more racing than you can keep up with, and a lot of it over, overlapping. And now you throw in this CBS series at, at eight o'clock tonight. So it's a if, if you like racing, it's a it's a good day for it. And with all this rain, you got to cut your grass sometime or another. Well, I'm not cutting it today. <laughs> <laughs> That's every other week, and I'm doing it next week. So, uh, but uh, had a good race last week. Did we have a winner? Yes, we did. I believe we did. Who was it, Greg? Uh, Kyle Larson, I think. Didn't he, no, didn't he run away with it or something? Who did it? <laughs> yeah, he won it and you won it. That's what I'm trying to get uh, you yeah, to say. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, there was, Elliot was up there good. It was kind of an interesting race, but, uh, uh, and it looked like the racetrack was 
very similar. They went back to the way it was uh, back when we used to run it. Yeah, that corkscrew, uh, or the carousel, they call it, it, I thought it added a lot to the course. It was a little too, uh, I, I don't know, simple, which isn't really a good word. I guess no road course is simple, but it's a whole lot more harder now than it was, and there, there was some... I thought some pretty exciting racing. A lot of cars got torn up. I know Harvick got caught in one of those accordion type deals, and his head, his uh, hood looked like an accordion when he got done with it. But um, so we'll talk about that. Jeremy finally had the bad race. You you know you're going to have sooner or later. And uh, I listened to him on an open mic daily Wednesday from R.J. Rockers, and he said they didn't tighten the starter. And uh, I don't know if they made that guy run laps or what but he said that's just you know it's not something that's going to happen it wasn't a mechanical breakdown it was a human error of uh not tightening it and i guess it was dangling down there eventually and shorted out and and i i, I think it took him a while to even figure out what it was so uh he got saddled with a 33 33rd place finish and dropped a point in the standings he's still ninth he's looking real good but that you know that didn't help him a bit. And uh, we've also got a whole lot of things going on around here locally, Alan. Uh, anybody get rained out last week? Uh, last week, uh, both of racetracks, Harris and Cherokee Speedway, got rained out. But uh, going to try to do some racing this evening. And uh, got one race in last night. That's at Harris. They're having a big double header up there at Harris Speedway. And uh, kind of glad to see them get one race in last night. And hopefully Cherokee will get theirs in tonight. Well, you know, it's uh, if they're lucky, maybe it'll just rain enough that they don't have to take the water trucks out there or something. Because uh, we had two distinct different thunderstorms at my house yesterday. One about 3.30 or 4 o'clock and then an, another one around dark, around 7 o'clock. And in between, uh, it was uh, until the, you know, it was sunny and clear and just got really uh, uh, nice till it got bad again. What you got there, Ron? Okay, according to Fansided, tonight, Marco Andretti, Helio Castronovas, Bill Elliott, Ernie Francis Jr., Tony Kanan. 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 Bobby Labonte, Paul Tracy, Willie T. Ribs, Tony Stewart, and Mark Weber. Do the doors open on these cars? I don't know how Tracy's going to get in one. <laughs> He's kind of like the tiny line of, uh, of today. He's a He's a big old guy, and I never cared much for him, but that's a... Uh, uh, did you say Willie T. Ribs? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, you got the reigning Indianapolis 500 champion in there that just won the race two weeks ago. So, uh, I know when I talked to Deb, I said that it was a bunch of drivers that were long in the tooth, and she uh, took exception to that. But, uh, I mean, Bill Elliott, he's yeah. getting on up there. And, and listen, some of the other people that are going to be... Racing at different racetracks okay. throughout the season. Doug Kobe, Brian Brown, Cody Swanson, Bob Santos III, uh, Greg Biffle, Stoff Bloomquist. Scott Bloomquist. Dirt Tracker. Yeah, they got <laughs> they got it misspelled on here. I thought it was my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie Deegan and Scott, uh, Scott Speed. Well, some that are going to be competing later on in the year. Honestly, haven't heard of a bunch of those people. I haven't either. So, uh, but anyway, 
I think you got some active drivers uh, that are on should be kind of on top of their game, and then you got some more that uh, I mean, it's got to be kind of rusty. Uh, uh, I mean, how much racing has Bill Elliott done lately? Well, I got one I'd like for you to research, Perry. All right, Carl Edwards. Carl uh, got that doctor wife of his that uh, um, a psychologist or something that told him he ought to give this up and he did so he's probably laying back leading a good life someplace I don't think he has permission to race anymore but I, I don't know that for a fact but yeah he has sort of dropped off uh, the planet so to speak the racing world anyway I've always liked him I mean he was just he just he just like like another Terry Labonte cool just didn't say too much he he was a uh, of course, he, he was a bodybuilding type guy, and um, I don't think I liked him as much as you did. He kind of was, uh, he kind of flaunted his uh, physical abilities. Of course, he did the backflips and all that stuff, but uh, who was it? He did something. He said boo to Kansas or something one time. I don't remember who it was, and I thought he was going to start crying. <laughs> I mean, he was, he could be an intimidating figure, but... Um, yeah, I'll see what I can find out. And we have a special guest today at 11 o'clock, which is Bill Blair uh, Jr. Bill Blair Sr. was a pioneer of stock car racing. He won three races uh, back in the old Grand National Series. He won a race during the first season in 1949 when it was strictly stock. And he won um, at Atlanta, Lakewood, which was a treacherous track. And in 1953, he actually won on the sand on the beach road course at Daytona, which, uh, I mean, it was big then. And I, I looked all this up last night to refresh myself. And there were 57 cars in that race, and he beat 56 of them. So uh, um, Bill Blair Sr. was a great driver. And I know uh, Greg's dad, Bud Moore, uh, you know, raced against him a lot. And I think Bud thought a lot of Bill Blair. Greg, you have something there? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, Bill Blair Senior. This he was a he was really a great driver in his day and time. I mean, he was always he was always the hot. He was either winning the race or running. I don't even think he run ever worse than fifth. I think I was trying to look up some stuff. Well, he everybody has bad races, but he he did have a a lot of good races, and I actually looked up his uh, uh, record at certain tracks like Atlanta and Langhorn, which Langhorn to me is probably, I mean, it was a one mile circle of oil, dirt, and you just, you know, you never, you never got your foot out of it. You never rested. You never went, turned it straight. You were just a hundred miles or whatever it was in a turn. And um, that was tough to do. And he had a second up at Langhorn. Langhorn took a lot of lives. And then at 1120, I'm proud to say that, uh, I remembered uh, after it was too late when I was cutting the grass last Saturday afternoon that June the 5th is one day before the D-Day anniversary. And I always play the Bud Moore interview with uh, that I did when we wrote the book, Bud Moore and I did together. And uh, I said, well, you know, instead of doing it one day before D-Day, we'll do it six days after. So uh, we're going to do our D-Day tribute to Bud Moore and to our veterans and just... Uh, pivotal moment in the history of the United States when uh, the United States um, invaded uh, France on June the 6th, 1944. Bud Moore was there. He landed at Utah Beach. 
and he tells all about it and, and some of the things that went on afterwards. And we're going to do that at 1120. So uh, Bill Blair at 11, D-Day at 1120. And, of course, we're going to have Deb Williams at 1040. And Deb will share with us her uh, ideas on all the racing that we saw last weekend and uh, at Road America, and not Road America, at Mid-Ohio, and then up at... Uh, um, uh, out in Sonoma, so we got stiffed by both the Bodines in two weeks, uh, two weeks in a row. So I can just about guarantee we'll have a guest this week in Bill Blair Jr. Um, Greg, you talked to Jeff Bodine, but he he did have a fairly legitimate excuse. Well, the biggest the biggest thing is Jeff. Uh, I, I I was stunned. I thought he was born like in fifty five or something because Brett was, but there's a big age difference. So. He was born in 49. That puts him pretty close to, to, to my Daryl and your smoke. Uh, well, he's 73 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it puts him right up there with that. So uh, he and he had that real bad crash in that truck. Well, what was this excuse for not coming on the show is what I'm trying to get you yeah, to tell us. Well, as usual, I was running my mouth so much that he was convinced that it was going to be on Sunday because that was the he, he was out thinking me. And everything was said about Sunday, Sonoma, Sunday. So he had it in his mind. And now he, he told me, the last I talked to him, of course, I told him we were going to move him to a different slot. But uh, he was about to have fit coming. He said, Sonoma's the key. That's where one of my best wins and our last win come from. And, and we did have it. It was a good good group effort. And So, in other words, he thought we were going to be on Sunday. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, and well, and uh, now, uh, let me put it this way: uh, when I thought I could have got it mixed up again, but I been, I wouldn't be surprised if we, we told him we were going to do a surprise deal and let him call in. So he's got the number. No, he's well. I hope he doesn't do that, and I don't think he will. But anyway, no, I don't think he will either. But, I, but if he does, it, it does prove that you know he, he's got. Well, I got a lot of forgetful problems, too. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. He uh, uh, is welcome on the show. We're not going to blackball him. and we'll, I'd love to talk to Brett. So uh, we'll try him again later on in the year. And uh, Jeff Bodine, um, you're forgiven. <laughs> we'll have you back on later on in the season. Uh, i tell you one thing we're going to do. We're going to take a break right now and come back and let Alan tell us about the social, the social, the local scene. And uh, that thermostat over there says 74 degrees. It's kind of like a sauna in here. We're going to crank that puppy down to about 69. So uh, let's take our first break. We'll come back and um, get the, all the local action from um, Allen Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. 
Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. For scores, high school football schedules, articles, and everything going on here at the station, download our app today. Just search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and uh, I know we got a lot of action today. Hopefully, the weatherman will cooperate. A lot went on last weekend. A couple of rainouts, I guess, but Alan, what we got? All right. Like you said, started off last weekend. We all got rained out, but uh, for some reason, Harris decided today was going to go for a Friday night, Saturday night deal this week, and uh, rain's come through, but they were still able to get in Harris Speedway last night. We're going to start off with six divisions of racing. Uh, front wheel drive class, first place went to Johnson Shrett. Second went to Dean Riddle. Third went to Keelan Tate. In the street stock division, this paid $2,000 to win. First place, Dalton Peavy. Congratulations to Dalton there. Second place, Blake Pryor. Third place, Josh Hoots. In the pure stock division, first place again, Showtime Nathan Pierce. There you are. Uh, second place went to Taylor Johnson. Third place went to Dwayne Worley. In the Stock 4 Division, first place, Kevin Cooper. Second place, J.R. Barker. And third went to Stacy Brock. In the Run What You Burn class, first place went to Mont Gulledge. Second went to Josh Ayers. Third went to Teams William. In the Young Gun Division, first place went to J.J. Coggins. Second, that, that driver I've always come through every so often, data unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, he third, was on the pole last week somewhere. Yeah, I he think. was on the pole up there last week. Uh, third place went to Caden Presnell. Okay. Uh, like I said, everything got rained out last week, so uh, we're going to go up the road to Eldora. That's Tony Stewart's prize possession up yeah. there. I'm going to tell you, if you ever went up there, I haven't had the privilege, but, uh, you know, Father's Day's right here tomorrow. If my daughter wanted to give me something, she'd give me tickets to next year's Eldora race. I think Father's Day is next week. Is it next week? Yeah. Okay. Don't I don't expect anything give, tomorrow. That gives, that gives her a week to give me in my tickets in, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't want you to be disappointed oh, and think oh, they no. ignored you last okay. uh, tomorrow. But uh, Eldora, since uh, we had COVID last year, they canceled out Eldora last year. So guess what they having this year? They having double mains, double heats, double everything up there. They started out on Wednesday night up there. They had almost uh, 80 cars up there, so they group, They separated all these cars into Group A and Group B. Group A had four heat races. Group B had four heat races. Then Group A had a last chance qualifier, and Group B had a last chance qualifier. And on that night, they run two $10,000 main events that you only had to run like 25 laps to get this $10,000. That all? That's all. That's probably a pretty tough 25 laps. But, but uh, first place in one of the, the Group A heat main, or not really main, but $10,000 main, first place went to Brandon Overton. Second place went to Kyle Bronson. Third went to Chad Simpson. Fourth went to Ricky Weiss. And fifth went to Chris Ferguson. And in the other $10,000 main, first place went to Jonathan Davenport. Second went to Jimmy Owens. Third went to Jacob Hawkins. Fourth went to Mike Mahler. And fifth went to Brian Shirley. And then we're going to move over to the next night, which was Thursday night. We had the 27th annual uh, dream race up there at Eldora that paid $126,000 to win. I tell you, they had... Uh... Brink's truck backed up and last and, week. And and if you didn't qualify for this race, uh, one of our big names here, Chris Madden, he did not even qualify for this race. You've got almost 80 cars up there, and they was all top-notch, top-notch cars. As a matter of fact, Brandon Overton, he said that he had that car sitting up in the trailer, knew it was a good car, raced it like one time, put it up in that trailer and said, we're saving it for the Eldor race. Mm. And guess what he done? Uh, I bet he won. He won. So, uh, first place in the 27th annual Eldor Dream Race, winning $126,000. That was for the winner? Yes. Good grief. Second place. Second place paid $20,000, but guess what? That's a $106,000 drop. Yeah, yeah. So, guess what? Uh, if I was in striking distance on the last lap, mm-hmm, it better not have been a Wally Fowler. <laughs> but second place went to Tim McCready. Third place went to Kyle Bronson. Fourth place went to Dale McDowell. Third place went to Brandon Shepard. Sixth place went to Dennis Erb. Seventh place, Jonathan Davenport. Eighth place, Zach Dorm. Ninth place, Nick Hoffman. Tenth place, Hudson O'Neill, the son of Don O'Neill. And like I said, Chris Madden, he could not even qualify for this race. That's a strong field. Uh, every one of his, uh, every one of his names could win any time Saturday night at any place. And so, 
now we started off last night, which we backing up from last night. Oh, well, Wednesday and Thursday night was the 27th annual Eldora Dream Race. Now we're going to back up and get last year's, which would have been the 26th annual race. And they started off last night, Group A, Group B, heat races. Main, um, then they went down to the $10,000 shootout races. And winning one of the $10,000 race was Greg Satterley. Second place was Shannon Babb. Third place, Kyle Bronson. Fourth, Johnson Davenport. Fifth, Chris Ferguson. And in the other $10,000 heat race paying event was first place, Brandon Overton again. So guess what? He has won the 27th. Now, tonight, he is going to be going for the 26th. So if and he's done one, two of these $10,000 races. Mm-hmm. So he's already got $150,000 in his pocket. He might walk away with a quarter of a million. Every bit of it. Second place in that $10,000 race was Ryan Gustin. Third place, Daryl Lanigan. Fourth place, Scott Bloomquist. And fifth was Kyle Larson. Okay, tonight, like I said, they're going to go for another $126,000. And it's on... It's somewhere on TV. I think it's Mav TV. It might be carrying this deal. Might be. Uh, but, I'm sure it's on someplace. But listen to this. They also sell fit half and half tickets. That's 50-50. If you buy a ticket, half of it goes to the racetrack. The other half goes into the claiming on Friday night. It's already been claimed. $21,406 was uh, the half that some spectator walked away with there. Wow. It pays to, to watch now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, let's go to tonight. Tonight, like I said, Harris was having a big two-day deal up there tonight at Harris Speedway. So if you uh, want to see some local racing, you can go to Harris tonight, watch your 602 late models up there, your Renegade Division, Crate Sportsman Division, Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock, Front Wheel Drive, Thunder Bomber Futures, Young Guns, uh, gates up there are going to open up at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 o'clock. Pits are $30 to get in. Stands are $15 to get in. Kids 12 and under get in free. Also tonight, we're going to move down the road here. We've got Cherokee Speedway. Cherokee Speedway. Uh, they're going to have the front-wheel drive class, the 604 late models. Also, the Extreme 4 Division, Super Sportsman, Pure Stock Division, uh, Open Wheel Modifieds, and Thunder Bomber Division. Uh, gates over at Cherokee Speedway. Going to open up at 4.30 this afternoon. Driver's meeting there is going to be at 7 o'clock. Stands are $15. Pits are $30 to get in. And uh, going to be a little bit of racing going on, provided weather goes for us. And uh, then we're going to move on down here. Friday, next Friday, which will be June 18th, uh, Travers Rest Speedway. We're going to have some double main events at Travers Rest Speedway. Double main event in the Rookie Division. Double main event in Thunder Bombers. Double main event in Renegade. Double main event in the Crate Sportsman Division. Also on hand is the Pure Stock and the Thunder Bomber Futures and Extreme 4. Travers Rest, uh, putting on a good show for everybody on Friday nights over there. And uh, 
hate to see it get rained out, but, you know, sometimes we just can't stop this weather. Uh, we never can stop the weather. Yep. Gates on Friday night is going to open up at 5 p.m. at Travers Rest Speedway. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 p.m. Hot laps are going to start at 7.30. Uh, stands are $15 to get in. Uh, kids 10 and under get in free in the stands. In the pits, it's $30. Kids 4 to 10, $5. I might have to call our promoter and talk about that a little bit. Why? Uh, you know, the kids 4 to 10 years old. Need to get in we, free. We need we need to let them in free. Yeah, I mean, get them hooked on our, it. That's our future. Yeah, get them hooked I mean, on I'm, it for free, and then start charging them. I mean, uh, we already, you know, that is, that is kind of weird. Four dollar, uh, five dollars for a four year old. Four year old. I mean, nah. no wrong. They over are playing in the sand with their own race cars. <laughs> I mean, right. you you're charging them to to race in their own. <laughs> Did you go anywhere last week? Uh, put it this way: I got up at five o'clock. Was going to go to Harris Speedway. And you know how the storms come through. Well, I made a phone call to a friend, and he was sitting in his truck at Harris Speedway, and it was pouring down rain. And but guess who it was? Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Well, that's what you said. You were going to go up and sit with Mr. Wilson. I was going to go sit with Mr. Wilson. Uh, but they did run. No, they did not run. Oh, I, I, they oh that was last, last night. That was last night. Oh, okay. they, they pulled a two-day They gonna pull a two day deal at Harris Speedway. Last night and tonight, okay. kind of make up for last weekend. And, uh, excuse me, Mr. Wilson said, uh, I don't think you need to come this way. It's pouring <laughs> in rain up here. <laughs> so well, I'd like to thank Mr. Wilson for saving me uh, time to get up out of my chair and drive all the way to Harris Speedway. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that for nothing. But uh, that's about all we got going on locally. Like I said, we got Harris tonight. We got Cherry. Well, Cherokee was supposed to have a big $10,000 604 late model race up there. It was supposed to start on Friday afternoon, but they knew that this weather was coming through. A lot of you 604 late model drivers were coming from a long way, so uh, they canceled out on the $10,000 two-day show at Cherokee Speedway. And uh, for these people around here, they just come in with their regular schedule for tonight at Cherokee Speedway just to see that you could go somewhere provided weather is letting us race tonight. Yeah. So uh, give a hand out to the boys over at Cherokee Speedway and Harris Speedway. Sometimes you have to fight this weather. Um, well, it's summertime. You're probably going to have to consider it every week. Uh, are we any closer to getting a 25T on the trailer? Uh I've looked at more rules and looked at more rules, and I just can't. I just uh, don't want to go down a class. Don't want to go down a class. And uh, the upper class, the next class up, I got to weigh 2,800 pounds and uh, try to buy a crate motor and stuff like that. And I'm just not into this. Matter of fact, uh, people's coming to Danny right now wanting Danny, since he works at Chevrolet Place, to buy. For Danny to call up there at City Chevrolet and get the 602 crate motors, but guess what? They won't even give you a date of when you might could get one. Are they that hard to come they're, by? They're, they're, they're about like anything else out here right now. It's hard to come by stuff to, and they won't even give you a date on when you might be able to get you a 602 crate motor. Mm. So uh, that's another thing coming out that some of our racetracks are going to have to start dealing with that if I really wanted to race, and you got boys that's already racing in these uh, divisions, Crate Racing USA, 
that are running for the points. And, you know, at the end of the year, whenever they go to Charlotte, they have that big deal up there at Charlotte that Crate Racing kind of sponsors the whole mm-hmm. thing for the season-ending points. Well, guess what? Well, if you ain't got a motor to go up there and you can't buy one, what, they, what are you supposed to do then? Well, that's... Uh, it's, uh, it's a bridge that they're going to have to cross. Yeah. I we mean, said I, it's a grocery store. You know, we, we see lack of trying to get the, the car dealers... Uh, used cars, uh, just like those good cars up there at Epic. Impex. Uh, yeah, Impex. Yeah, Impex. Epic. Uh, super, <laughs> I mean, they got good pre-owned cars, and those are in demand right there because the new cars, they get in demand slower. Something, something's going on, but like I said, that's pretty bad when you... <laughs> can't get a racing you, motor. You can't... It, 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 if you want to go crate, whatever, move it, you can't even get a motor... Uh, by at least a phone call and get it within a couple of weeks. How has it been in the past? You could just oh, you could call just, them up and get yeah, one? You get one next day. I could go over here and buy one. I could go over here at Ellison's Race Shop and he'd just tell me, he said, just go ahead and make the check out to City Chevrolet and you can pick it up tomorrow at lunchtime. And, uh, but now, yeah, it's, it's something else right now to get, get racing parts. Hey, Clary. I wore this Marlins hat just for you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as, uh, as far as all, most of our local racing been going on here, uh, not, nothing uh, as far as a uh, little bit of protesting going on, but uh, it's all staying kind of calm right now. Well, that's that's good. We got Ryan Clary stepping in the door here. Uh, He's checking the ceiling. Where was the leak? Where you are and where Greg is. Well, we need it for Greg to... Wake him up. And <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Perry. Who's that pretty girl you got back there? I don't know. Well, that's I'm a... Uh, no, that's Grace. Grace. I hear about Grace on the radio yeah, all the time when I listen to open mic. So, uh, She's driving around with Daddy today. Well, that's so. good. You guys stay cool yeah, man. and dry. See you guys. Good show. Thank you. Um, that it, Alan? That's pretty much all our local racing going on right now. Oh, like I said, uh, tune in. You, uh, if you can't get to one of our local trash, you can always watch Eldora. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to watch if you got a television. So uh, that's, um, I tell you what, uh, I hope the weather holds out. I didn't hear you mention uh, Carolina Speedway. Are they running up in Gastonia or did uh, they get they, uh, they kind of try, I ain't going to say kind of call their race a little bit earlier than anybody else around, but uh, hadn't heard nothing from them lately. Yeah, I'll check with them and try to get something as far as next Friday for them. Okay. Well, um, that's a pretty, a pretty full plate. And hopefully, if anybody wants to go out to uh, one of the local tracks and need to support them. Um, we talked a little bit last week in the, about 30 seconds we got left here about drag racing. Um, uh, uh, they got full slates, too. We need to be checking with our, our local drag Drag strips too, and find Greer out drag, what they Greer got. Greer Dragway, Hank Gatton. Hank. Uh, see what's going on over at Greer Dragway. Help support them out all we can, because uh, we don't need to lose, lose all these racetracks. No, we sure don't. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a break right now and uh, get Dead Williams to come on and talk to us about what we saw last week and what to expect next week or or this weekend. Uh, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. 98.3 FM. 
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this. And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. We are The home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy, but also juicy and tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then, also pickle. Oh, and potato bun, which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so... You'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How you doing? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How about yourself? We're doing great here in Spartanburg. Uh, dodging a few rain showers yesterday all day. And hopefully, uh, hopefully all the water trucks can... Uh, ease off a little bit this week because we got a lot of local dirt tracks we just talked about and uh don't need any any problems with the weather so uh anyway how's your garden looking 
Well, considering I don't have one, I can say that my neighbor's garden's looking awfully good. Well, now, a couple of weeks ago, you were going out gardening, so I uh, assume no, you had I a garden. No, I go out mowing the yard and trimming trees, <laughs> and not what, gardening. Oh, okay. Well, you said gardening, so I didn't know you were actually mowing, so. I, I, oh, no. When you got 2.2 acres, you mow. Okay. Well, I hope you got a big tractor. <laughs> I've got a nice size lawn tractor. Okay, that's good. That makes me tired of thinking about it. <laughs> Deb, <laughs> I done got so lazy. Deb, uh, uh, you I... should have seen the bushes I've trimmed this week. <laughs> Deb gets on with the program now, I'm telling you. Uh, Deb, we uh, <laughs> uh, had another winner last week. Greg actually picked uh, Larson, and we now have uh, Ronnie's got two wins. I've got one. Greg's got one. Lanny's got one. So, uh, at least we're two weeks in a row. We've actually picked a winner, and I think just for the heck of it, it's the same cast of characters. We ought to we ought to pick for the all star race tonight. We know who's in it already, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to come out of the open, but if and win it. But it's happened before. I think Michael Waltrip won from the open one time, didn't he, Deb? He did. He was actually the first driver to do that, and that was at Charlotte, and uh, it broke his string of. Uh, Never won in a stock car, uh, you know, a big time uh, cup race. But I think everybody, a lot of people pointed out to him that it wasn't a points race. So he he still had a ways to go before he finally won a points paying race. And uh, but that was in the Wood Brothers car. So Deb, why don't you uh, start it off and, and pick one this week? Well, I think this race, you know, we always hear the phrase, and of course it was very popular with Tony Stewart, and that he would wreck his mother or grandmother to win a race, and. You know, this race is designed for those people who can be truthful about that statement. So the ones that are willing to do whatever it takes to win and take no prisoners, so to speak, is the one that will win. And even though uh, Kyle Larson is on a roll, I mean, you know, naturally everybody wants to pick Kyle Larson. But, you know, to me, Kyle Bush is one that has definitely has that attitude so i'm gonna stick with kyle bush this week okay and you've uh alan didn't have to erase the 18 by your name on the whiteboard here ronnie who you like well i'm gonna stick with my guy uh, on 19 truex uh, martin truex jr greg you got a pick i'm just sitting here thinking uh is larson still available yes he is Let's go with him again because he's done a good job out there at Pocono. I mean, out there at the Noma, and that's where one or last race, and he, he he really done good. I know Elliot done good. There was a lot of them done good, but when it got time to go, he just drove off and left them. So whatever pluses, minuses, whatever, but he's fast. What, Alan, why are you covering up the numbers over there? Well, I just don't want you to see who I had marked up here. Who are you going to pick now? Uh, I'm going to pick the nine unless you took him from me again. No, I haven't took him. I'll take Chase Elliott. Okay, I'm going to give you Chase, so uh, erase that two. I think I'll take the two. All right. And, and we'll just swap it around. And Lanny will wait on your pick. And Jada, you going to leave her with 22? Yes, I will. Okay. All right, Deb, uh, this uh, all-star race now, it's got a different format. They change it about every year, but uh, it's... Um, and I've got it written down here, but do you know right off the top of your head what how they're going to do this? Well, actually, I got what I call my cheat sheet in front of me. I've got one, but I'm so not I've turned got it to outlined. it. All right, go ahead. Tell us how they're going to run this thing. Okay, well, first of all, the starting lineup's already been set by a random draw. Carl Larson is on the pole. 
we've got six rounds, and it's the first round is 15 laps, and after this round, the field will be inverted starting anywhere from the 8th through the 12th positions, which will be selected by a random draw. Round 2 is 15 laps, and that the entire field will be inverted after that segment. Then you have round 3, which is 15 laps, and again the field will be inverted starting anywhere from 8th through 12th positions to be selected by a random draw. Round 4 is 15 laps. We don't have to worry about any inversion there. And then round five, which is 30 laps, is going to, that lineup for this round will be determined by the cumulative finish from the first four rounds with the best cumulative finisher starting from the pole. And any ties in the score will be broken uh, by in order by most career all-star wins, most career Cup Series points race wins, or 2021 Cup Series driver standings. And there's going to be a mandatory four-tire pit stop during this round. And the fastest crew that changes all four tires during this four, uh, during this round will receive a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! It's getting yeah, up and then yeah, and then round six, which is ten laps, uh, the cars will line up according to their finishing position from round five. And the winner of the All Star race gets one million dollars. A million bucks. Well, that's a that's a good night's work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. But I think the easiest way to follow, you know, pe- some people have been complaining about the convoluted format, and I know when it came out, and I read it, and I went, oh, I'm not going to worry about it until the day of the race. And then I'm going to have my cheat sheet in front of me, and that's the easy way to do it. Now, I'm looking here at for the Open, which is at 6 o'clock uh, prior to, the, of course, the, the All-Star race. And it's a 50-lap race uh, in stages of 20, 20, and 10. And each stage winner of the Open moves over to the All-Star race. And then there's also um, a fan vote. So, right. So there's a lot of lot of different ways to get in there, but they're going to have a some exciting stages. I mean, I know that's why they do it to to beef up the excitement a little bit, and I think I think it'll probably work. I, I like the track at Texas. I, how do you feel about the, moving the All Star race around every uh, every year? I don't know if it's going to be in Texas again next year. Last year it was at Bristol after being in Charlotte for so many years. Well, if people, I mean, a lot of people may not remember this, but when R.J. Reynolds, which conceived the All-Star race, initially announced it at the 1984 Winston Cup Awards Banquet in New York City at the Waldorf Astoria, it was announced at that time that the All-Star race would move around uh, from year to year. And what happened was, of course, it was held at Charlotte, the in its inaugural year in 1985 and then when it went to Atlanta in 1986 the attendance was so dismal and of course they made a mistake and put it on Mother's Day weekend too but the attendance was so dismal that they moved it back to Charlotte and they had such huge crowds at Charlotte and of course Charlotte was always willing to work with RJR on different marketing deals and different formats and so forth 
that they left it there. And then when they moved it to Bristol last year, of course, you know, I think COVID probably played a a role in that as well. But, um, you know, fans have been wanting more short tracks, more road courses. And it's in the contract with Fox Sports that Fox will have the telecast of the All-Star Race. So you've definitely got to move it to a track that's somewhere in the Fox segment. Right. But um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see it move again next year. It's just going to depend on what the 2022 schedule looks like. And, of course, the TV contracts come up for renewal in another one to two years. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, you've definitely got short tracks and uh, road courses and all in the Fox segment. So it'll be interesting to see it moved. I think moving it to Bristol, moving it to Texas, you know, moving it around, you get a better idea of racing and crowd attendance. So we'll see what they do. But when it was initially conceived, it was conceived as moving every year to a different track. Yeah, I, I know they probably really liked Charlotte. I heard this, uh, that, um, I mean, it, it was like giving the, the crews and teams and everything a little extra time off because they didn't have to to drive across the country to get someplace and they could stick close to home for a couple of weeks. Well, it also allowed all the families to come, too. Right. You know, families that don't get to go to any other races could come to the All-Star Race, and that was a wonderful time for them, and the (coughs) children got to spend time with their dads and mothers and all. So, you know, it was good all the way around, and, of course, with RJR being an hour away in Winston-Salem, it was good for its customer base and entertaining clientele and that type thing as well. So it was just a win-win situation for all. But, you know, with, like I said, the fans wanting more short track races and more road courses, I think you'll see it move around some. And that was the key reason for it to move to Bristol last year was because the fans wanting a short track race. Greg, you have something you want to say? Oh, yeah, well, I was just going on, uh, the biggest thing, you know, with it, she's dead right about Mother's Day. At that point in time, Mother's Day was a no-no. This day and time, uh, it's a good Mother's Day present because so many women are in the racing now, young ones, even, even older ones, and you always got to try to create it. But when they started running Charlotte at night, uh, that's when it did seem like it was a super duper. I know. Uh, but they'll be moving it around. Atlanta was dismal. Uh, but I always enjoy watching the race. I really enjoyed it when it was at night. Yeah. Well, I know when they, uh, and this week's at Sunday night. I mean, they're, uh, that's, I don't think unless some of the early ones, uh, if I'm not mistaken, some of the early all-star races, weren't they on like Sunday afternoon or am I mistaken about that? Like, like, no, they were on, well, they were on Saturday. Were they on Saturday? But it was in the afternoon. Saturday afternoon. So Sunday night um, is going to be, uh, I, I kind of like that. Uh, you know, it's, and I noticed that the uh, Grand Marshals for the All-Star Race, are. we have a football flavor with Joe Gibbs and Tom Landry Jr. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Deb, last week, uh, what'd you take away from uh, Sonoma? I, I liked the new layout of the course, and I felt real, real bad for uh Michael McDowell, who had a solid top ten, 
And I can't remember who punted him, but he ended up, I think, 28th, which, uh. Daniel Suarez punted him. Yeah, that's right. And he was pretty sore about it. And I don't, I don't really blame him, but, you know. Well, you know, the interesting thing about the course they ran last weekend, what they did was they put the carousel back in it. Right. And the carousel was originally in the Sonoma course. And uh, I think we mentioned it last week. Greg and I talked about the number of cup drivers that turned over the first year we went to Sonoma when they were trying to negotiate the carousel. And they took it out to speed up the course and also make the course more available visibility-wise, more like a stadium road course. But uh, then I think they decided, well, you know, this looks like a better deal to put the carousel back in. So I, th- I think it was a I'm, wise I move. I think they did the right thing by reinstating the carousel into the course. Yeah, before, and, mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say before we let you go, we got about three minutes and we're going to get cut off whether we like it or not. Um, CBS starts their series tonight with the Ever- Everham and uh, Tony Stewart cars right. and... and the Indianapolis the series. Right. The Indianapolis 500 winner. They, boy, they, they lucked out when they got Helio and, cause he ought to, you know, that's a pretty good advertising tool to have the guy that won the 500 a couple of weeks before, but that'll be interesting to well, see. That's at eight o'clock. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it'll be 8 p.m. on Saturday night on CBS for the, starting tonight for the next six weeks. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about Elio, I'm actually writing a story right now, which I'll finish when we get off, and it'll go up on racingtoday.com, detailing SRX series. But, you know, when you look at Elio, he's, uh, he won the IMSA Sports Car Championship in November. He won the 24 Hours of Daytona in late January. He won this record-time fourth Indy 500 last month, and now he's going to this SRX series. He was in the international race of champions uh, early in the 21st century, and he's never driven dirt. So when they go to Knoxville Raceway and Eldora, it'll be the first time Elio's raced on dirt. Wow. But he says, you know, with all his success, he is still going to be learning, and he needs to stay active, of course. I don't think he's driving an IndyCar race again until Nashville, you know, the first weekend in August. But, you know, this is really a cool weekend for racing fans, particularly today, because you've got the truck race at 1 o'clock at Texas. Then you've got the Xfinity race at 4 o'clock at Texas. You've got the SRX series tonight at 8 on CBS. Drag racing at New Hampshire this weekend, the NHRA. Indy cars in Belle Isle. Uh, so well, just about the, anything you like, it's this weekend. After the Indy car races, the WeatherTech Sports Cars. So don't leave them out. And uh, that's well, they're a, at Belle Isle too. Right, they're at Belle Isle too. But and then you've got television. F1 in Montreal in the 24 hours of Le Mans. Yeah. So all of yeah, Le Mans. So I mean, it's an action-packed weekend. Deb, we got 30 seconds. I'm gonna have to let you go. Get back to uh, writing your article. We'll all, all look forward to uh, reading that and and all your. Uh, all your writings, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. You're the best. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Deb. Uh, that's Deb Williams. Who, She's uh, the smartest woman I know. She is, and I hate to cut her off, but, uh, you know, i got to watch this clock over here, and we, uh, I'd hate to her being mid-sentence, and uh, somebody says, uh, 
We are Fox Sports. But we'll be back for our second hour. We're going to have Bill Blair. And you are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. Our website is SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Here's what you need to know. In Game 3 of the Western Conference Semifinals on Friday night, the Phoenix Suns won at Denver 116-102 for a three-games-to-none lead. Despite NBA MVP Nikola Jokic's 32 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. Earlier Friday night in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals, the Philadelphia 76ers won at Atlanta 127-111 for a two-games-to-one lead. Joel Embiid playing with a partially torn meniscus, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 3 blocks. Baseball Friday night, the Mets defeated the Padres 3-2. Jacob deGrom struck out 10 in six scoreless innings, lowering his ERA on the season to 0.56. And the Dodgers hit five home runs in a 12-1 victory over Texas. I'm Isaac. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipe burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey everyone, this is Ben Ingram. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugart on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on Spartanburg's home for the Atlanta Braves, Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. 
The Hub City Farmers Market is open every Saturday from April 3rd through December 11th. The Hub City Farmers Market features fresh local produce, meat, and dairy products. You can also pick up artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday features live music and activities for the kids. Shop local with the Hub City Farmers Market, part of the Northside Harvest Park at 498 Howard Street. Open Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon, April 3rd through December 11th. Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glassmart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glassmart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glassmart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glassmart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glassmart, helping your team win. A new store is coming to Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods will open their doors in June at 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods will carry a vast selection of clothing for the whole family, as well as lighting, small appliances, kitchen gadgets, and much, much more. So mark your calendars for early June and come out for the grand opening of Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods, 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods will be open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday starting in June. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines here on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM in Spartanburg. And it's my pleasure to introduce you to Bill Blair Jr. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Perry. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, We've already talked a little bit in our opening segment when I announced that you were going to be on the show about your dad. And uh, and I refreshed my memory of... uh, of his record and everything last night. And, uh, and I knew this anyway, but he was, I mean, he was a pioneer. He was one heck of a driver. And, uh, I mean, he was in the first race, uh, strictly stock race. Number one at Charlotte back on June 19th, 1949 and, uh, finished uh, 12th, I believe. Yes. Uh, there's a story behind that Perry. If you don't mind, I'll tell it to you. Well, well, you got, you got all the time you want. Well, thank you. Well, that was the very first race, and leading up to that race, Perry, as I remember, and I hung out down at the Bull Barn where my daddy had his race car, and Bill France would come up. I think he was living, uh, well, between Daytona Beach and Greensboro, North Carolina at that time, and uh, he had a little office over there on Lee Street in Greensboro at Bill Printing Company where they did all the the programs and stuff for Bill France. And uh, anyway, uh, it was still in it's the NS, NCSCC or something like that. It had another organization. 
NSC, it's the National Championship Stock Car Circuit is what it was. That's, that's the name of it. And him and Alvin Hawkins. Well, my daddy called the other guys. You see, High Point at that time had more stock car drivers than any other city in this country. Jim Pascal, Jim Lew Allen, Pap White, and Bill Sockle, and on and on and on. But uh, and my daddy had built a racetrack up there in 1947 at Tri-City. Well, France... Uh, would tell these guys that we need to stick together. If we stick together, we can make something of this. It'll help everybody, help the drivers, car owners, the promoters, track owners. We'll all benefit because if we stick together, we can promise that we'll have the leading car drivers, the name drivers, and the full field of cars. And uh, with that, they can guarantee a purse, you know, because they're going to have a grandstand full of people. That was his hook to get these guys organized. Well, as he did this, and... Uh, he 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 asked the guys, and they were telling him, everybody, if you remember at that time period, and Greg, if he's there, he'll know this. Greg's right here. Greg, uh, if you remember, everybody wanted a 39 Ford Standard Coupe. Exactly mainly right. Because that's, <laughs> mainly because that's what Raymond Parks had, you know. And the cars yeah. did drive much better, they claimed. They had the hydraulic brakes on and off. Well, the problem was it's hard to find. They began to run out of it. You couldn't hardly find a 39 Ford. If you did, you paid big money for it. And uh, so I think France asked him, what are we going to do? And as I remember, my daddy talking about this, France called Ford Motor Company and asked them, or he inquired, if they would be interested in remaking the 39 Ford that they were running out of them. And Ford thought about it and said, well, that wouldn't look good on our behalf because we're in the business of making new cars. So maybe we ought not to do that. So hence the trial run with the new cars. And uh, now this, I don't think, is really France's idea because in 1948, the Speed Age magazine editors, Russ Cotland, Catlin, where his name was, and some of them had mentioned about, wasn't it a shame that Andy sat there all year long for just one race? Why didn't they run a strictly stock race with new cars from Detroit to prove which was the best. And that idea floated around for a while, and it got a lot of support, but nothing ever happened until Bill France did it at Charlotte. And uh, and that was really, he had, I think, two reasons for doing that. The 39s were getting harder to find, and modified racing, which was the top series at that time, was getting a little bit stale. So uh, if you go to the newspapers, you'll see that he described that as a an experiment, an experiment to see what the crowds would react. Now, here's the story. That's just the background, as I remember. My daddy had to modify it. Annie France called my daddy one afternoon of that week before the race, somewhere about like Wednesday, and told my daddy on the telephone that Big Bill, she referred to him as Big Bill like everybody else did, that... Big Bill was really worried that, you know, there wasn't nobody going to come to watch that race. He just worried to death. And my daddy, who had a liquor business here in town, he knew everybody. The town wasn't that big back then. High Point was probably about fifteen, twenty thousand, 20,000 maybe. Well, he told Annie, he said, look, said, tell him not to worry that everybody I talked to over here in High Point, they're coming to Charlotte to see that race. So she told him, said, why don't you tell him? He That would perk him up, maybe. And that's pretty much the words that were spoken because I was sitting there, and I've heard it repeated time and time again years later by my daddy to 
people interviewing him about that race. Well, Big Bill got on the phone and they said, look, said, uh, don't worry about that. Said, there's going to be a lot of people there. Everybody I talked to over here in High Point, they're going to be at that race. And France said, well, I sure hope you're right, Bill. I sure hope you're right. And uh, he said, by the way, he said, the reason I call you is there's two guys from Kansas, Ben Clover and, and a guy named McIntyre from uh, Great Bend, Kansas, have got uh, two Lincolns over here, and they brought a driver with them. But they got another one they need a driver for. And uh, he said, I thought about you. Would Do you have a car you're going to bring? He said, no, I just, all I got is that modified. Well, would you drive that car for him? He said, yeah, I sure would. Be glad to. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell him. And uh, if you would, come on over and meet him. I'll introduce you to him. So my daddy went over there and uh, met him. And uh, they had been, I say, uh, Roper, the guy Roper, to drive their car. General. One of them, one of the owners, the owner had a Lincoln Mercury place, and then he had a money man there with him. I believe the money man was Clothier, and the owner was McIntosh. Now it's been a long time ago, and I'm just pulling it up from memory. Um, so they had taken the two Lincolns out on Wilson Boulevard and tried them out, and they gave Roper, Jim Roper, the fastest car, and gave him daddy the slowest car. And I believe, contrary to what the uh, publications say about where Bill started, Bill meaning my daddy, I think he started in the rear because he didn't qualify that car. Well, my daddy asked him, said, uh, how you want me to drive this thing? He said, drive the hell out of it. <laughs> they said, okay. And so, I believe if you'll check, I think Bob Flock might have led, I don't know who led the first five laps, but it could have been Bob, but on the fifth lap, that Lincoln my daddy was driving was leading. And uh, he run that thing, and he run he run it hard. And his article later on, uh, Jim Pascal uh, was interviewed uh, by Bob Hoffman, I believe it was, that Blair had him made him all look bad that day in that Lincoln. But he lapped the second place guy, which was Glenn Dunaway. Now, that was good. I heard <laughs> from two to four times he lapped the second place guy, which was Glenn. And incidentally, Glenn didn't come over to drive Hubert's car. He just walked by, and Hubert looked up and saw him and said, Hey, you driving anything over here? And, and Glenn said, No. I just come over here to watch. He said, Well, how about driving this car? So Hubert was going to drive it himself. Hubert was a liquor guy, you know. And uh, Glenn said, Okay, I'll drive it. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Well, Bill led that race in that Lincoln, and he come in for a pit stop to get gas. And so... They decided while they're putting gas in it. Now they did it very crudely back then. Some of them poured gas in the in the water cans and with the neck on it, then poured it in the tank. You see, and uh, uh, this very crude back then. They had no idea what in the world to do. Well, as they were putting gas in it, they raised the hood and put a coat of oil in it. A bystander, he wanted to help, so he reached over to see a lot of them cars were running hot that day, and took his shirt off, T-shirt, and reached down and radiated the cap off. When it did, it gushed out of there because it was under pressure, and it was hot, too, and it scalded the heck out of him. Well, they grabbed a water can and put water back in it, and it, the cool water cracked the thermostat house on the cylinder head. And uh, so instead of cutting it off, uh, Clover said, go out there and run this thing till it quits. So he did and run a few more laps. I think he led 145, 150 laps of that race. Had they not, the bystander come up, took the radio cap off, 
the history would be written different, probably, of who won that race. We're talking. But, uh, we're, we're talking to Bill uh, Blair Jr. Bill, I, I don't. This is a great story, but I don't want to take all of sorry. our time on it. Uh, I'm looking at the results of that race, and it says that your father started eighth and and led 145 laps of a of a, a two a, well a 300 lap race. So that's uh, I mean that's almost half of them, and uh, that's well, a, lived, that's amazing. It was a 200-lap race. 200-lap race. Right, yeah. right. I'm sorry, 200. And I, I still contend he started in the rear because he never qualified. Yeah. Well. See, it rained during the week over there when they was going to qualify, and they got very little qualifying in, and he showed up late to drive the Lincoln and never been on the racetrack with it. You I know, don't see how he could start at eight, really. Uh, until, I lo- until I looked at this, and then, and you told the story, I didn't realize that he was driving the second uh, car to, uh, to Jim Roper, who won the race. In my, right. in my research last night, um, there's some tracks that just stand out from other tracks to me, and and, and it's mostly the the famous ones that are that were uh, they're not with us anymore, and and were particularly deadly. Um, and I'm talking about Langhorn and Lakewood and Atlanta, Lake Langhorn, Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. uh, um, the beach, the Daytona Beach Road Course, and your father. And the first strictly stock car race they had in 1949 was fifth at Langhorn, which had to be, I mean, that's a heck of an accomplishment. And he ran there and he had top tens. He had a, um, a fifth in 53. Of course, your dad won three races uh, at Vernon, New York in 1950, and then again at Lakewood, and that was uh, in 1952, and then again on the beach at uh, Daytona in 1953, I believe it was. So, uh, um, I mean, he, he was a fantastic driver. Uh, and uh, we've got Alan Hill sitting here with us, who uh brother uh, is Mike Hill, who worked for Junior Johnson for years. And uh, uh, Alan, what was it you were telling me just now in the commercial? Uh, Mike said to tell you, hey, and that at one time, did you not build motors for Richard Childress when Richard was uh, driving race cars? <laughs> well, see, I, I was working for Jim Pascal American Motors. And, of course, I started out with Jim Pascal. I was still in high school in, in the 10th and 11th grade building motors for Jim Pascal. And then Y-Block, old 56 Mercury's. And before that, he had an Oldsmobile, 1955, that Ernest Woods owned from, from Kentucky. He was a coal miner, and I had a car dealership. So I started at a, at a young age. I loved engines because my daddy did. So, you know, my daddy did, so I did. That's what it used to be years ago. If your daddy was a carpenter, you was going to be a carpenter. But anyway... Uh, I love to build engines, and Richard, I met him in the Grand American Circuit. He was driving the Camaro. So when American Motors shut down in, in 1970, I opened up my own shop building engines, and Richard uh, talked to me about building motors, and uh, I built, I see, they were running big blocks back then in Grand National, and uh, I guess uh, his first engines I built were big blocks. Then he went to the Chevrolets, I built two of them, and he had some parts, but you ain't going to believe this. I built two motors for him for $800. Wow. And I built motors for him up until uh, Earnhardt and Ranger come along. And, of course, they brought all their own people. Well, Bill, I tell you what, we're going to have to have you on again. I hope you will come on with us again sometime because sure. you got you got too much information. Uh, Greg wants to say something to you here. Well, sure. well, Bill, all, all I can say is, 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 is I look forward to seeing you. I think we got an event coming up. You said it was last, but my daddy, you know, he he, he worked with the Cot and Joe Eubanks, and they run the, mod, the modifieds. 
putting out them blue flames off him. I mean, it, that was... But Daddy's got all the respect in the world for Bill Sr. He said he was a hot dog. He's one of the first. Uh, like I say, he Bud Morton and me both have had nothing but ultimate respect for your daddy. And after hearing what all you've been doing... I've got a whole lot of respect for you too. So. And, and everything, we all do. And everything he's saying rings a bell. Maybe a story or two that Daddy said one time talking about Bill Blair. Well, I, I, I love the stories you're telling. Uh, and I can listen to him for hours. Yeah. Well, we're going to have you back on if you'll come on, please. And well, uh, let, um, let me say something before you leave. But, and also, th- also, also throw in there about the uh, event coming up at Mount Airy. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, well, I remember the number four black 39 Ford Joe Eubanks on the side of it. And I remember Bud Moore, and I got some Bud Moore stories too later on. But uh, September the 11th, Mount Airy, North Carolina, some people call it Mayberry, North Carolina. The Moonshiners and Racers Reunion uh, starts at 9 a.m. in Mount Airy, September 11th. There'll be moonshine cars, there'll be revenue cars, there'll be race cars parked up and down Main Street. There'll be autographs in, under the big tent. There'll be a parade out to the old Mount Airy Speedway, built in 1946. It's four miles out and four miles back, led by the Carolina Highway Patrol, 47 original Highway Patrol car. It's free to the public, open to the public. Get on up there and watch this event. You'll certainly enjoy it. You can get autographs. You can get, there's all kinds of eateries up there. It's, it's open to the public and Big Chuck the Moonshiner from Discovery Channel will be there also. <laughs> but uh, we look forward to it, and, and I think it's going to be a big, big event this year. Very big. You well, know, we were we didn't do it last year because of the Chinese virus. Right. Um, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. We'll, uh, Greg and I will be there Friday night. So, uh, I hope you will. And I'll, I'll have Greg dressed up like Otis for, from uh, Danny Griffith's show. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yes, sir. Uh, you've written four books, uh, Perry, and I appreciate what you've done in preserving stock car racing history. And, you know, it's, it, right now it's right popular to talk about the old racetracks. I love it. And, you know, I'm on a program every Thursday night on Internet, iPod show called Ghost Tracks and Legends. And then Earnhardt's doing one with Matthew Dillner. But I believe you were the first with the silent speedways of the Carolinas, which I have that book and the three others that you did. And uh, bring your books with you. People like to know more about what you've done to preserve stock car racing history, which is a wonderful thing, and I commend you greatly, and also commend Greg for what he's done with his book and his, his father's book. Um, we got to preserve history. We're losing it. If we're not careful, we'll you know we just we can't afford to lose it. It's just treasure, and appreciate what y'all have done. Well, that's as far as I'm concerned. The, the history is the main point of this whole show. We do the local, the local scene, and the. Um, and the, the recent results and everything, but uh, history is, is the big thing for Greg and I, and uh, that's why we love having people like you on. And uh, please come on again later. I sure will. Thank you all so much. Okay. Thank you very much, Bill. That's Bill Blair Jr. Greg, we are way past time because I want to get your father's D-Day thing in there, and, and okay. we're going to run out he's of time. He's a remarkable person. He, he's fantastic. Really nice guy. All right. Let's take a, uh, a next to last break and come back and listen to... Uh, Bud Moore, tell us about D-Day 1944. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. 
Start Your Engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd pleasing Budweiser brands, and world famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing, or the ideal gift. Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and you'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you own a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. I want to give uh, all the time I can to try to get this whole 16-minute interview with Bud Moore in. So uh, without further ado, here's Bud Moore talking about D-Day and uh, the period after that from an interview we did back in about 2013 or 14. This is whenever they talking about we was going to make a dry run on the, on the beach in England and all this kind of stuff. So they had the guys waterproof all the jeeps and the trucks and do all this stuff, you know. And then they loaded us up and took us back, back down to Liverpool. And they put us all on, put, put our whole platoon on this LCI 149. I know we'll forget the number. So, now, how many people was on that? Well, how many I people? don't know exactly, but I know our whole platoon was, first platoon was. So it hold a lot of people? Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, we uh, we sat there the rest of the day, and then it moved next morning. It moved away from the dock and just moved out a little bit. And uh, this was about June the first, I think it was, maybe June the second when they loaded. So that that morning, the June the second, I think it was. No, June. Let me get my day straight here. We got on that ship on June the, June the 3rd. That's when it was. And we sat there the rest of that night. And so the next morning we moved out into the English Channel. And they kept pulled us out there and got out there, you know. And they, we went out there so far. And we got out there and it, when they was moving, walked out there and all you see was ships. They were thousands of them. I said, boys, y'all need to come up here and look. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, this ain't no damn dry run. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Something else is going on here. <laughs> so the evening of June the 4th, about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock that afternoon, the PT boat pulled up beside our ship. And they, two, three officers got off to come aboard. And they had this map. And they put hooked this map up front, pulled it down, started talking to us about it. They said, now here's where we're going to land, here's what we're going to do, and all this stuff. And I said, boys, this ain't no die run. That's goddamn English coast. I mean, Francis coast. They were showing us exactly where we were going in. Well, we didn't know all this, but what they did, they took our regiment out of the 359th Infantry Regiment and attached us to the 4th Infantry Division to make the salt on Utah Beach. For our regiment and the two regiments out of the 4th Infantry Division made the salt and the other regiment, the was in reserve. So they said this is all going to happen in the morning. So anyway, this was June the evening of June the 4th. So it was called off down of the weather. The weather was bad. It was raining, cloudy, and all this stuff. So anyway, they called it off. So again, on uh, the evening of June the 5th, I guess it was about 7 or 8 o'clock, here comes that PT boat again, pulled up side down. And they come on board again and said, boys, Five o'clock in the morning. If you remember seeing maybe the Patman in the movies and all, it, it, it never was noticed that they got the notice to about eight or nine o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we so we got our notice that eight, it was about I seven or eight o'clock. Part I don't know. I don't know for sure. So the next morning. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, these damn landing craft pulled up. We climbed aboard them. And we went off through the ships, and we got out there, and we could see the shoreline, the lights and all the shoreline. We were between the battle wagons and the shore. And it was still dark. Still dark. And we, we were just circling out there. And we were probably 30 minutes ahead of landing. We were probably three-quarters of a mile, maybe a mile still at sea. <clears throat> when all hell broke loose, 
That's when all them big battle wagons and all them big 16 inches on them things started firing and lighting up the shoreline, man. They blasted the hell out of the shoreline and all this stuff. And y'all were between it, we between were, the battleships? We were the, between the battleships and them. And uh, so, because they wanted us to see the minute they quit firing, Rusty hit the beach. So anyway, all this was going on. And uh, that, we, we talked to one another. And uh, I said, boys, this is going to be a piece of cake. There ain't nobody be alive over there. And from what we were seeing, by it being still partially dark and the way all the explosion going on. So anyway, just we just they we they knew that the, when the, we were to move on in. And after about 15 minutes, I'd say, or 20 minutes of firing, all them guns firing, and we started moving towards the shore. And which them big shells going right over our heads when we was going in. And all of a sudden they stopped and we were probably oh quarter miles away. We went in. And what happened when we got there and going in in our landing craft, the landing craft was supposed to go in and let the front end down where it wouldn't be in water but about two foot deep. The Germans started shooting artillery into them. They wasn't putting any artillery on the beach. It was all landing out in the ocean to stop the boats from coming in. They was hitting sometimes. There's, the, there's some boats that got hit. The whole load would get, get a whole boat up. Anyway, when that boy landed ours, we went down. And we went off and we was in water up over the shoulder. And then I'm going to tell you, ain't no telling they said there was quite a few. They said I heard after the war and everything else that we lost probably 30 or 40 got drowned. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but anyway, I got off and stepped in a shell hole. That tripod on my shoulder, my backpack and all. And I had a hard time getting out of that shell hole and water over my head. I was taking in water and doing all this. And finally, I got out of it. And I just kept going straight as I could go to get to the beach. And I was spitting up water and doing this, you know. Trying you still to had your tripod? Oh, yeah, I still had it. I didn't let it go. I kept it. Anyway, I got over on, finally got across the beach, sat down behind the sand dune, and finally coughed up enough water and got to where I started breathing a little bit. <clears throat> and about this time, I heard someone say, Oh, let's go. Let's get going here. I said, God damn, I'm trying. <laughs> But what got me, you know, was all the stuff that's going on and guys getting hurt and all this stuff, you know, and here I am. I just, you know, just turned 19 years old and uh, born and raised. And I, I was brought up a little bit different. You didn't start killing one another and all this stuff. And guys getting shot and hurt and blowed up and everything else. I said, this ain't no place for me. I shouldn't be in here. But then you had to realize it was war. So we got in, we fought on in the rest of the day. So while y'all were coming across the beach, there, there was, I mean, the, the bombs were blowing up, and I mean, they were, they, they were, they they, were they, uh, artillery fighting back pretty hard. The, we didn't have much small arms fire. No. Okay. They was, there was mostly artillery coming in. 
Okay. And it was landing out in the water. Okay. There wasn't anything landing on the beach. All right. And it, no, none of the, you see the pillboxes and things. They, I didn't have, we didn't okay. have pill. Okay. I went in on Utah Beach. Right. We didn't have pillbox. Omaha's one had pillbox. Mm -hmm. And that's what was wrong to start with. Whoever planned that thing didn't have no business doing what they did. You see, here's Omaha. Here's Utah. We were probably two miles a bit above them. Mm -hmm. All that dude moved us up and we never went in there. Mm -hmm. They went in the hardest place. The 29th Infantry Division went in on Omaha and they say that uh, they wasn't over 40 or 50 walked away. Mm -hmm. They wiped the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they, uh, we went on the rest of the day and uh, we got in. I'm going to say we got in that night probably a quarter mile. Maybe half a mile. I don't know. But you had some cover, right? I mean, there was like trees and things. Oh, yeah. Cover. We had trees and yeah. all this stuff going in. And, and uh, we got into the hedgerow. You know what the hedgerow is? Yes, sir, I do. But anyway, <clears throat> we got in that night. You know, it didn't get dark over at 11 o'clock. <clears throat> and it's just getting dust dark and we had dug in our foxhole and dug in you know for the night and in a defensive position had the machine gun set up and everything the foxhole and me and second gunner was in this foxhole anyway we heard the dead blackest room and you heard it. we heard all these airplanes coming i said boys we in deep trouble now them germans gonna blow our butt slam off this damn beat we were just scared to death, I'll be frank with you. And about that time, we'd seen the moon was shining. We could see a little bit. Here they come over. And it was airplanes coming. That's when they dropped the 82nd and 101st Airborne right in front of us. We seen them coming down. They were probably three or four miles ahead of us. So they were coming in from the ocean? They were coming from in from the ocean. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> And uh, they dropped the paratroopers in front of us. And all these guns firing up and all these uh, flares and everything else going on, you know, and ain't, ain't no telling how many of them paratroopers were dead before they ever got to the ground. Mm -hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> so that made us feel a little better. But so the next day, we had very little resistance the next day. So we drove in to where the paratroopers were. We run at the paratroopers, and uh, which uh, the Germans couldn't stand the paratroopers being in, behind them and us pushing them in front. Mm -hmm. So they went this way. So what really had us worried and all this stuff, you know, Omaha was still blocked, and finally they they said something about it, says well. They don't know yet. Eisenhower may call us back because Omaha wasn't going in, so we didn't know what was happening there. But finally, they did get something of the broke loose over our own Omaha, and they got off the beach and got going on that side. We got things going. So anyway, now let me ask you a question right here, and I don't want to ruin your train of thought, but I just, <coughs> if I don't say these things, I'll forget them. Oh, no. uh, all the way through your training, like from Mississippi to to New Jersey to to work to the beach, was there? Were you with the same bunch of guys? I mean, did you have friends? 
that, that you know, like, uh, did you have like a best friend or, or, well, or we people had, that, that we you had were... We had our, we had our... Y'all been together a long time now. Well, see, we'd, we'd been saved from the time we hit New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we joined the 9th Infantry Division, joined the 1st Platoon out of 359th Infantry Regiment. Mm-hmm. We were we were all friends then. Right. Because, see, we took training and all together right. and all this stuff. So we're the, all the ones still hit the beach together. Right. And we all, you know, uh, all our gunners and first gunners, second gunners, and second platoon, first platoon, and all this kind of stuff. See, we're all was, was one unit. Right. See what happened on our deal. See, the first platoon, if A company or B, whichever one, the rifle, you had A, B, and C company. Mm-hmm. That's three rifle companies in a battalion. Well, if these two companies are on the front line, then first platoon would be with this one and second platoon would be with this one with water so we joined them on the front line because mm-hmm. see we had water cooled water cooled machine gun right then our 81 millimeter mortar they sit back here behind us and they they help uh uh mortar fire and all whatever needed mm-hmm. back here to, for these two companies whichever whatever they were and see our third platoon had observers and all mortar the guys are observing up there when they needed mortar fire, and they call back, and he directed. Okay, but I mean, but you had like pals. You had you had friends. Oh yeah, okay. we had friends and all okay. this. That, that, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, it wasn't like you were with a bunch of strangers. No, These no, were like we your were, brothers. No, no, we were we were all we were all been together from the time we got to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay. That no, was my question. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So go ahead. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to. But. Uh, <clears throat> After, you know, going in and meeting the paratroopers and fighting through the Zigbee line, not the Zigbee line, but fighting through the hedgerows and, and all this. And what was so bad, you know, see where the gliders came in, you know, and the Germans and had the French laborers set these big piece, half of the trees up in all this open field. And these gliders thought they were open. They'd come in and fly all the pieces. I mean, it's, a lot of guys got hurt bad. I mean, they ain't telling how many got killed on that deal coming mm-hmm. in. But anyway, you know, seeing all this kind of stuff, you know, was bad. Did you see the gliders coming over? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, they came over when the paratroopers yeah. came over? Oh, okay. yeah. It's all land the same. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, as we fought on through then and went on through the Zigbee line and then, uh, I mean, the, the hedgerows and all this kind. So finally, we was in this little town called Pierre, France. We had taken it, and there's a crossroad. And uh, Pierre's here in St. Louis up here, 10 miles away. And I had a machine gun set up in a second floor of a hotel right guarding this this crossroad right there. And uh, word came down and says, uh, there's going to be a lot of aircraft just showing up today and going to be a lot of bombs. Okay, that's uh, where I cut it off right there. And that was six, 15 minutes and 45 seconds. And that's uh, some pretty powerful stuff, I tell you. I'm going to play that every year. So let's take a break, come back, and wrap up the show. You're listening to Start Your Engines.
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. We are Fox Sports. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy. But also juicy. And tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then, also pickle. Oh, and potato bun. Which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so you'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. And welcome back to the last segment of Start Your Engines. I got a lot of ground to cover, but I'm always going to play Bud Moore talking about D-Day because it was uh, it's just remarkable to hear him tell that story uh, and he wouldn't talk about it for a long time I don't believe but now uh, uh, towards the end when we wrote the book he was a little more open about it there's some things he wouldn't discuss at all and we didn't go there so anyway uh, before it gets away from me Lanny thanks for all you do uh, Lanny McKinney uh, does our podcast and the Budmore Engineering website and uh Tries to cover up when uh, I forget to record something. And he's a big part of the show. And, Lanny, we appreciate everything you do. I'm going to go straight to the television in case I get cut off here and I don't have enough time. So uh, I do want to cover what's on TV today because there's a lot. And I don't even have it all on the sheet here because I forgot about the CBS stuff. But right now on... um, NBCSN and Peacock is the IndyCar qualifying in Detroit. Then at uh, 1 o'clock on FS1 is the Camping World Truck Series race at Texas. So that's the first real race that you'll you'll have today on a day of a lot of racing. At 2 o'clock on NBC, the main channel, that'd be Channel 4 around here out of Greenville, is the the first IndyCar race uh, from Belle Isle in Detroit. And it will, um, like I say, it goes from 2 to 4. And then from at 4 o'clock on FS1 is the Xfinity Series from Texas. So, uh, you know, you've got a very little bit of overlap in some of these races, but it's racing all day. Uh, about halfway through the Xfinity race or partially into it, at 5 o'clock on NBCSN will be the uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And that's, they're racing at Detroit. So they'll uh, roll those beautiful sports cars out right after the Indy cars get done. I think they got 
looks like about an hour break between the races. Then uh, uh, tomorrow, and then and then tonight at eight o'clock on CBS is the series that Deb was talking about uh, with a I forgot now what she called the name of it, but it's uh, the one t- uh, Tony Stewart and Ray Evernham came up with and designed their own car, and Ken Strader tested them and. Uh, Helio Castroneves and Bill Elliott and Bobby Labani and a whole lot of other people. Willie T. Ribs are driving them. And that will be tonight at 8 o'clock. So, uh, I mean, it's racing all day today. Then tomorrow in the morning, um, you've got um, IndyCar qualifying for the second race. So instead of doing something like lining up the second race from how they finished in the first one, they're just going to requalify them. Um, Deb said that uh, Formula One was at Montreal, but I don't. I think that's next week. I don't think they're in Montreal this week. I could be wrong, but it certainly didn't make the TV schedule, and it's, it's always on here. So uh, anyway, at 12.30 on NBC, Channel 4, will be the IndyCar race, the second of the two um, twin races, and that will be, uh, of course, uh, at 2.30, I'm sorry, 2.30 to 3 will be the post-race. And then the NASCAR All-Star Open and All-Star Race. The Open will be at 6 o'clock, and this is on FS1. And then the All-Star Race itself with all the segment winners and the fan vote and everything, all the drivers competing in the All-Star Race will be at 8 o'clock, also on FS1. So that's a lot of television to watch, especially today. So... uh Let's uh, look at Cup real quick. We've talked about it some uh, already. Kyle Larson won last week at Sonoma. Chase Elliott was second. Martin Truex third. Joey Logano fourth. And Kyle Busch fifth. The uh, lineup for the Open, I can tell you, is uh, Tyler, Reddick, Tyler Reddick and Chris Boucher are on the front row. Matt DiBenedetto and Stenhouse are on the second row. Chastain and Bubba Wallace are on the third row. So they've got 22 cars in that race, and they will transfer the segment winners and the uh, <coughs> here I go coughing and the uh, and the race winner and the fan vote all over to the uh, the main race, uh, the All Star race, which right now has got 17 people in it. So I think I guess by the time they get everybody crammed in there, they'll ha- they should have 22 cars in the All Star race. And we've already made our picks there, and I won't go. Deb went over the rules. Uh, uh, of the segments is a total of 100 laps divided up so many different ways. Just watch it, and they'll tell you what's going on. Well, you got to be a mathematician if, uh, if you want to try to figure it out. And they've never done it two years in a row the same way. Let's go to Xfinity real quick. Well, I didn't do the, I didn't do the points uh, for the cup, and I'll get that real quickly. Of course, all your race winners are automatically in unless we have more than 16 of them. Kyle Larson and Martin Truex are first with three wins each. Alex Bowman's got two, followed by the one-race winners. Chase Elliott, William Byron, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, and Michael McDowell. Then the other guys that got in on their stage points so far that haven't won a race are Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Chris Boucher. So, uh... They're uh, they're in there as right now, but they they need to win to solidify themselves. On the outside looking in is Matt D. Benedetto, Kurt Busch, Ricky Stenhouse, and Ross Chastain. Uh, Xfinity, real quick, we touched on that a little earlier. 
miserable race for uh, uh, Jeremy Clements, who was uh, had a real good starting spot, but somebody didn't tighten up the uh, starter, which is kind of inexcusable. It's not like he got wrecked or or the engine blew. The engine was not fully secured, so uh, that's a tough way to lose points in position. So he ended up thirty third in the race after starting eighth. So that's pretty sad drop but you know you're not going to have a good week every week it's got to happen sooner or later the winner was aj allmendinger and justin haley was second and their teammates for the matthew colleague team which is going uh cup next year probably with allmendinger i would guess ty gibbs was third brandon jones fourth and andy lally fifth the point standings for uh um xfinity which is very very important we got to keep jeremy in the top 12 he dropped one spot to ninth, which isn't all that bad. He is 11 points behind Brandon Jones and 61 behind Allgaier. Allgaier was behind him uh, up until a couple of weeks ago. So uh, he's got to do some catching up there. But he is only eight points ahead of Michael Annette, who is 10th. Uh, Noah Cragson is 10 points behind, and 12 points behind is uh, Matt Miat Snyder. So he's in a... He's got some pretty close to him uh, that can uh, unseat him if he if he doesn't do better. And they are, of course, at Texas at 4 o'clock today. The trucks run at 1 o'clock today. Um, and they uh, their point standings, I'll just do the top five. As John Hunter Nemechek is first, Ben Rhodes second, Austin Hill third, Sheldon Creed fourth, and Todd Gilliland is fifth. And um, that's pretty much the way they line up for the race today. Uh, there are 36 trucks taking part in that, and that will be at 1 o'clock today. Arc is off. They don't run again until Pocono on June the 25th. Corey Heim and Ty Gibbs are the only guys that have won races, and they're one point apart in the Arcus standings. Um, got the WeatherTech sports car going off today at uh, Belle Isle in Detroit, and that will be on um, NBCSN at 5 o'clock. With, um, of course, we're pulling for Mike Hill's car, the, the Whalen Engin- Engineering Cadillac. They, uh, the drivers there are the Brazilian pair of uh, Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani, and they are seventh and eighth in points. As um, uh, they have, I got the starting lineup for that race. I don't know if you knew this or not, Alan, but they qualified third. And the top six, of course, are the, uh, are the, the WeatherTech. Uh, Daytona prototypes. Ringer Van de Zander and uh, Kevin Magnuson are on the pole and the, and the Ganassi Cadillac. Oriol Jarvis, Jarvis and Harry Tinknell are second. Then Nasser and Dirani are third. Ricky Taylor and Philippe Albuquerque are fourth. And the other two, um, they're all just fractions of seconds apart. So that should be a real close race. Formula One last week. Had three new guys on the podium. Um, I watched a, about a 15-minute highlight of that last night. And uh, Sergio Perez was the winner, driving for Red Bull Honda. Sebastian Vettel was second in the Aston Martin. And third was Pierre Gasly in the Alfa Tori Honda. And you don't really get those guys uh, on the podium very often. So it was good to see some different drivers. That was a disastrous day for... Uh, uh, Hamilton, who who just uh, had a 
very slow pit stop of about 4.8 seconds, if you can count that as slow, when everybody else is doing a little less than two-second pit stops, which is just, that blows my mind. But the um, the points, uh, oh, and um, uh, Lewis Hamilton missed the turn late in the race and had to go to the runoff area. He just had a bad day. That was a beautiful track in Azerbaijan, by the way. Uh, it was through the old through the streets of uh, Baku, Azerbaijan, and um, old buildings and everything. It was absolutely gorgeous. The point standings, Max Verstappen is the point leader. Lewis Hamilton is not leading, which is something you don't see very often. He's four points back after his miserable finish. Sergio Perez is third. Lando Norris is fourth. And fifth in the um, Ferrari is Charles Leclerc. And... Uh, Boys, I got it in with three minutes and 25 seconds to go. Ronnie, you got You thoughts? outdid yourself. Well, I talked fast. And I didn't want <laughs> to cut any of the Bud Moore thing off. So, uh, actually, uh, actually, that was good. It was. And, everybody, if, if your tracks are running locally tonight, get out and support those. And remember, it may be raining at your house, but not at the track. Because these, these are just pop-up showers. Yes, they are. And don't forget, we got a little bit of drag racing going on. Yep. Stay up in New Hampshire, I think. And Greg, how you doing? Uh, what you got going from on this afternoon after Applebee's? Well, uh, I'm a bit more interested probably. I'm going to look at a lot of races. <laughs> You're exactly right about the Formula One day. I watched I watch qualifying and everything. And, uh, I don't think they raced this weekend. I should know that. I don't I, think they did. Uh, she said they were in Montreal. Uh, Deb did, but but that was definitely they had three guys on the podium. You might hardly never see, and there was a lot of cheering and stuff going on. But Hamilton had a terrible. Like I say, he come in and had a slow stop. If you imagine four seconds, of slow <laughs> four point eight seconds is a slow but stop. That, but those those summer guns run so doggone fast. They put on a good show. We I I, I like Formula One. I I like the Indy car. Stuff maybe a little bit better. Well, you know, it's it's all good stuff. I mean, those WeatherTech sports cars. I can't wait for that race, and I'll. Uh, I mean, I can't watch them all. Of course, I uh, I, I want to see what Jeremy's doing in Xfinity, but uh, it's going to be probably uh, close to halfway when the WeatherTech cars come on, and I want to see that. So uh, I'm a, you know, good weather and everything. It's supposed to be another chance of showers this afternoon and you know i kind of don't care if it does and that way i won't feel so bad about staying indoors watching television on a what would otherwise be a beautiful day no grass to cut nothing to do uh you're a workaholic barry you got to slow down a little bit every night well i'm gonna slow down today my wife's still in west palm beach and hannah is in dollywood so uh what does that say what's it say i can't really read it okay this is the Update for the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, they had qualifying yesterday, and they have Formula One qualifying sex- sessions today, and Sunday will be the Formula One race, two to four. Two to four. Okay. Well, that didn't make didn't make my TV sheet here, and I don't know why, but uh, so, nope, it's not on here. I don't see anything about Formula One at all. And it's in Montreal, so that's yes. sort of Eastern time zone. So that's an, another thing. I, and they usually run their races on ESPN. Greg, you got about 20 seconds. Anyway, I just so amazed at Bill Blair Jr. and all the people we've talked about today. It's been a great show. And 
uh, Bill was a good people, guest. People's people's memories and stuff. I mean, there was hardly nothing. I, I mean, I. He, he, Blair, uh, Blair Jr. It, 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 I mean, Blair Jr. is just Flair Jr. Well, he's, uh, you know, that first story was so good. I was watching the clock and I hated to stop him, but it was, uh, yeah, it we took up get, almost all of his time. We got to get him back soon. That's right. Okay. Well, you know what that means? That means we're at the end of two hours and we'll be heading for uh, Applebee's. Natalie, get our table ready. For everybody else, keep it between the fences and watch some racing today. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Wood's books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. This is all I can hold up. Now on FM at 98.